Welcome back to the Mail In Podcast. Wow, Randy goes for the uh, the quick fade out. I'm sorry to all our folks out there that we're hoping for a better audio producer, but unfortunately I can't be there today because I am in COVID protocol. Sally, how are you doing? I'm negative because I tested myself before I came in, actually. Stay positive, test negative. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. What is the, the the test of choice for you? Is like, isn't that a, is that like a blood test? No, I just did like a rapid nose gotcha. test. I, well, because like you, we were saying pre-show, I have a scratchy throat uh, and was concerned because I honestly haven't had like a sore throat in the entirety of COVID times and uh, woke up with a pretty scratchy throat, kind of just feeling off. And I was like, I don't know, this is probably allergies because the cedar's hella high, but I have some tests. So I, I did one. It was like a, it's not one of the Binax ones. It was a shitty one that I got on Amazon, but I think it worked. Gotcha. Yeah. That's I had a scratchy throat uh, Tuesday morning before I was, I was fully ready to go to hockey. I played beer league hockey on Tuesday mornings and I was ready to go and had a scratchy throat, texted Caroline. She had a scratchy throat too. So I said, okay, I'll just, I have a test laying around. Might as well do that. And sure enough, your boy is positive. Was it faint or was it like a strong line? Uh, It was fainter than the control line. I guess Mm -hmm. you would put it that way, but it was uh, strong enough that there were certainly no doubts about the positivity. Yeah. Um, but feeling relatively fine. I mean, I can tell I'm sick. Like it's weird. I, I said this on cold stove earlier today. Like I can tell I'm not a hundred percent, right? but there's no real symptom that I can pinpoint if that makes sense. Yeah. That's just kind of how I feel too. But I, mine must be allergies. Cause I really am like sneezing and stuff, Ooh. you know, they are allergies are up. And, um, KJ was in the studio last week. He like borderline had to leave. Yeah, it's bad. Austin um, he, is a Austin sits at the bottom of a basin, basically, ooh. in the whole country, and all of the higher ground above us like dumps their allergens into Austin, which is why aller like Austin is such an allergy hotbed. Austin, the uh, allergy capital of the world—that's what they call us, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You were also saying before um, you have some Bridgerton bangs going. Can you explain to me what those are? Yeah, well, so we're not recording the like video portion of this, which actually is kind of sad because as this was being set up, so I'm recording in the studio and Brett's at home and Randy was setting all of it up. And because of all the studio lights and like the way I'm currently watching myself record, which is weird because we're like on this like little FaceTime thing, I felt more like a celebrity than I ever have. Wow. Just so you know. In just, what way? Because I, he's like, we're, you know, like testing the mics. And like, I think <laughs> because the way that we're recording makes it like feel like it's actually on video versus like when I come in and you and I record and we're just sitting here having a conversation, I never see like the video of it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it's kind of just like having a conversation with a friend. But this actually feels like we're doing something legitimate, even though this is like the less legitimate version of our podcast recording because that yeah the sense? jankier version for sure but I, as i was telling you beforehand i have a real big issue and maybe this is because i'm super vapid or like obsessed with myself i don't think that's the case but i've always had this like really strong fascination with staring at myself in the mirror and not because i like okay. think i look hot or anything it's because i l- truly am like shocked to see what other people are seeing i'm like is that how i speak is that what I look like when I talk? And I will be like, my mouth doesn't feel symmetrical when I speak. And I also feel like my mouth is just always open, like baseline a little open. Okay. So I stare at myself. So then I was staring at myself while we were talking. And I have all these baby wispies from postpartum hair loss. And I have Bridgerton bangs, which I had to explain to you was the girl from Bridgerton. I'm like playing with them right now has those short ass tiny bangs like on the side of her head. And that's what I currently have. It's just because I apparently lost hair there and now yeah. it's all regrowing. The, uh, the old school kind of look two things on Bridgerton. One, um, it is definitely the horniest show that is ever like maybe besides euphoria that has hit sort of the mainstream. I think, I mean, it's just like soft core porn. 
but with like a every episode like a british edge and two those actors and actresses i feel like are like like gold right now whatever project they want to do they have full go at yeah well so what's her face the girl phoebe Denver, or however you pronounce it she dated pete davidson pre you know right in the middle of pete davidson's like meteoric rise to i guess being a dude that hot girls date like kim kardashian exactly like um, she was he, sandwiched in between ariana grande and kim kardashian like that's and like kaya gerber that's like a pretty good that's a pretty good sandwich you want to be around randy, those people that's a like, randy sandwich right there mm-hmm. um the and the guy what's his jean philippe something yeah Re- I don't know. um he is in line one to be the next bond i've heard that and two he's getting like car commercials left and right i mean a bond is a pretty legit gig who who is your ideal bond sally i actually asked will this the other day i don't know enough about bond he said tom hardy i guess tom hardy is in in the running for it he is in the running yep which kind of makes sense like he's he's a pretty physical dude but like, yeah. I don't think I'll ever be able to get like Bane out of my head from Batman. He's almost too, yeah, he's almost too jacked to be James Bond in a way. No, but I think he can be smaller. I mean, if you remember This Means War, he was like, I think he's kind of a smaller dude. He's just incredibly jacked. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Give me something I think, like I think that. it's time. What's I that? think we need I I like the guy from Bridgerton because he like puts out a pretty young vibe and he's oh, like 100%. He besides being the dude from Bridgerton, I think I think being the next Bond could like would be a great move for him and for Bond. Agreed. Him or like a Michael B Jordan as well, but then you got to So are you saying it's time for like a non-white Bond? Yeah, well, like it's I I'm not like forcing that, but I think there some of the candidates out there would are are great for it. But like the can Michael B. Jordan do it if he's American? That's the that's the thing. I think you need to be British. I think that's you, like a prerequisite. You need to have a natural ability to to go there accent wise. I think all of them have been some sort of British, like either Scottish or British or even Irish. I don't know. Maybe that Tom I, I don't know. The the Bond hardos are going to come at me like I don't. I can name two Bonds, Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan. I don't know. Uh, Sean Connery, right? Three Bonds, yeah. Yes. Look at you. Hey, this is the Malin Podcast. Hi. Where we talk about Bonds and stuff. Um, also, there's no, I have no time clock running, Sally, so I, don't, I have no idea how long this is going to go. I'm just going to apologize in advance. Oh, we don't have anything on StreamYard that tells us how long we've been going. Well, we we do, but I just didn't hit record. So we're just going to, we're because all I need is the audio. Okay. And Randy said, oh, that's all we need. So I'm going to start gonna... my stopwatch on my phone just so we have like some semblance. We're already <laughs> probably 15 minutes in. So yeah, I'd say 10 to 15. We'll just keep ripping, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we do our best to answer your questions. That's that, that's the, all the mail and podcast is Q&A. Unfortunately, no voicemails today because I can't really pipe voicemails in, but uh, we'll get all good. Them. Hit us uh, on iTunes and follow on uh, Spotify. Give us a, a subscription, maybe a rating. Got a lot of ratings lately, which I'm excited about. Thank you guys for that. Um, even if they're not five stars, a couple four stars, which I find is interesting. It's like, ah, eh, you guys are great, but like not perfect. So any rating we appreciate. Hit the hotline number to leave a voicemail for next week, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in the link in the Twitter bio at Mail In Podcast. Next week, Sally, I think we're going to do a little Valentine's Day situation. All right. How's I love that, that. Deal? Yeah. Let's do the first question, huh? Okay. Hey, guys. And uh, this one's specifically for Sally. Sally and possibly the gals. My fiance and I followed your lead and canceled our larger hometown wedding in exchange for a smaller destination wedding of about 35 people. We opted for the mountains and have rented a large cabin with a view as our venue and wedding party housing. Having done something similar, what are your recommendations when downsizing your wedding? What are the musts and what, if anything, do you regret? Thank you for the input, even from Brett. Okay, so I love this move. Way to go. Love it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's some things that I, I wish we would have done, but then like, really, I, I look back and I'm like, okay, that was actually perfect the way it was. I do have a, a some big regrets about not inviting certain people. And I think that is always going to be there because when you downsize from like 235, you have to make some major cuts. 100%. And, uh, Brett obviously would have loved to have you there. Sorry. It's okay. I FaceTime you guys from your bedroom <laughs> at 1145. I do think that the, the one couple specifically that I'm thinking of that I, we did not invite, um, are some really close friends of ours. It was kind of like an easy cutoff point because we did, we did just like my college friends, his hometown friends, and then, um, like basically Dylan and Dave. And so it was, you know, there was a clear cutoff point, but I think that the people that I'm talking about, we were really, we became really close with, Mm -hmm. I believe they understand, but I think that that was a little difficult. I almost wish if, if I was going to leave people out that I would have said something beforehand. And I, at first I was like, no one cares about my wedding. No one cares like if they come or not. And I think that's somewhat partially true, but it, one thing I wish we would have done is if I knew that I was going to leave somebody out that I'm close to, I would have shot them a text like right before and just been like, Hey, we're having a really small thing. I just wanted to know, like, let you know that I'm like thinking about you, wish you could be there, but we've got to keep it really close knit to family and friends. I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, Brett. I don't know how you would feel on the opposite side of like getting that maybe, but I wish I kind of would have given people a heads up and I will like was able to basically wash his hands of it because I like surprised him. He didn't know that we had invited anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I took as, as, a, a, a close invitee, but not like full invitee. I, I think it's like, we totally understand. Yeah. I mean, like there's no hard, there's obviously no hard feelings. And we all like, if you're close enough with somebody, they're going to understand whatever predicament or whatever situation you guys want to do. Like, yeah, the Harbor Springs big wedding idea was great, but you switched it up and, and we're going to support you guys throughout any of those situations. So I think, this girl who is downsizing her wedding, it, everybody's going to be cool with it. Like if you want to do anything, if you feel guilty at all, maybe have um, set aside time in your hometown for like a, a dinner or a like a little patio lunch where you try to hit some of those, those friends that maybe aren't going to be able to go to the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to make somebody, you know, make time for somebody to celebrate the union of two people that obviously they, they are, close enough with to even make almost make the cut you know like there's things you can do here that i don't think call for any hard feelings or any separation of friendship but i wanted to ask you from like a a logistical standpoint sally when you go to 35 people does the like the dance floor gets a little less packed and and yeah the, the venue gets a little like hey is this enough people did you feel any anything from that front where it's like oh i wish there was more action no. So that was going to be my next point. Number one, when you're downsizing and you're in like, it's a small tight knit group. One, everyone should be invited to everything. So we didn't really like do a rehearsal dinner, mm-hmm. but we did like a night before thing. Um, that's actually where I had surprised Will with friends. And so it was like, it was more of like a bar tab with like hors d'oeuvre situation. Everyone yep. was invited to that. Um, I did like a, so I, well, what I'm saying is like, there's 35 people. You should just invite them to every single event, right? Like sure. um, we did a, the day of the wedding, my girlfriends threw me like a little like bridal lunch lingerie shower thing, which was really sweet. And I invited like all the girls who were there. Um, one thing that we did that I loved is that because like, there's not that many people around and the whole point is to be able to spend time with the people that you really love. And your guest is like, I didn't, Will and I saw each other on the wedding day. Like we like hung out at the pool, mm-hmm. all of our friends together. And I really, really loved that we did that because I thought one, I actually got to spend time with my friends. I hate when you go to a destination wedding and like the people who are in it have to like go get ready all day. And then the people who aren't are just kind of like, 
what do we do? So if it's not that many people, like, hang out together all day. I guess if, like, the guys want to golf or whatever. But, like, honestly, I kind of told Will, I was like, I would rather we all just spend time together. So we did that. We, like, had our respective lunches. Like, I had lunch with my girlfriends, and he had lunch with some of the guys. And then, like, the rest of the day, we hung out by the pool, had drinks, et cetera. Honestly, the one thing that I think I wish I would have changed about that logistically, like, the day getting ready part was I wish I would have just gotten ready with Will. And that was like, because I was super nervous. We didn't spend a ton of time like getting ready. Like I did my hair and makeup in probably like an hour and a half. Whereas I feel like with most weddings, like you're in a hair and makeup situation like all day when you're a girl at least. I was so nervous. And at that point I'd already seen him on the wedding day. I was like, screw it. Like we should have just got hung out in the same hotel room and like, you know, walked out and got married. Like it was so relaxed that like that last hour and a half was like torture. Cause I was just like, I was like really anxious being without him. Uh, But that's to each their own couple. And then when it's small like that, like we didn't have a dance floor. We literally had a dinner. People Mm -hmm. made toasts and then we played music and everyone was like kind of milling around. Um, But we didn't do a dance floor. We didn't. um, And then we like went up to the hotel bar, but I do recommend getting a, um, for sure a photographer, obviously. Um, One thing I kind of wish we would have done is like, we didn't get a videographer because I didn't feel like we really needed someone to video the whole thing. And I a little bit regret that. Like, I don't need a video of like, all you know, you're parsing down the ceremony. So you don't need a video of like the first dance and stuff like that. Cause like legitimately we didn't have one, mm-hmm. but I think the only video that we have of us saying our vows, like my uncle took on his phone, <laughs> like, which is really sweet. But like, yeah. I, I and thank God for my uncle Kurt. But like I I have I don't think that like anybody videoed the toasts, like anything like that. So even if like you don't and part of it was because I was like, we're not gonna need this and I don't want to pay for it. I, I think it's kind of a good investment because it you are making such special memories and like living in the moment with your friends that like it would be nice to have someone. Totally. So and you can look back you, on the toast and stuff. I think a lot of people think of it as like, oh I'd like cameras are around and in our face but like the best videographers and, and photographers you don't necessarily you don't notice them right. necessarily they, they are just kind of in the in the mix and and they're professionals too like they they know how to do it and then all of a sudden you have this really beautiful memory that i know people like to throw on a year later or to, you know on anniversaries and so on right i just think i mean we did we did the regular stuff we had a wedding cake that we like cut and we we had toasts um that uh, not that many people spoke because I asked people not to. Like I asked my siblings and Will's best friend Brady spoke. Um, and because I, I didn't want it to turn into like everyone felt like they needed to stand up. Like the group was small and everyone probably who was there could have said something, but I didn't feel like that was necessary, you know? Sure. Um, overall, I think when it's that small, it becomes more of like a group hang than like a whole hoopla mm-hmm. um so i think just really having uh events that everyone is invited to is important and then having the stuff that matters to you most like i didn't care our photographer i was like i could give a shit about you taking a picture of my shoes i'm never <laughs> you know and like some people want that and that's great but i was like i don't even want like we took family photos and he took pictures of me and Will. And then I was like, during the cocktail hour, I'm just going to grab people and take photos with them. Yeah. And like, just take candidates. And that's what he did. And it was perfect. Cause I don't need like, you know, I didn't have a wedding party really like my sisters, but like, we didn't need set photos of everything. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean, it, it turned into a giant party. Basically we like, yeah. we did the ceremony. Then we did uh, a cocktail hour. Then it was a dinner. Mm-hmm. Then we went to the bar afterwards. Like, you know, I mean, I think you can have a dance floor. I've seen 
actually, when we went back to the montage a year later, somebody got married at the same place we did, and it couldn't have been more than 50 people, and they had, like, a full-blown DJ and everything. And I think that's fun, too, but it was easier for us to just, like, put on music. If people want to dance, great. If people don't, that's fine, too. No, the one thing – so I went to, you know, this past weekend, obviously, where I got COVID, um, the – it, it was huge. It was probably 500 people. Yeah. And the one thing about that is I saw the bride who's one of my very good friends for a total of about 18 seconds. Yeah. And that I think is the biggest downside to a huge wedding is, is you just don't get to spend time with people that you travel for and want to enjoy their union, but you, it just, it, the circumstances say otherwise. So that, that's why I kind of like the, the 35 to 55 too. And I think the other thing you can say is like, they have this mountain cabin thing. Tell everyone that it's like basically an open invitation. Like, you know, sounds like the wedding party staying there, but like anybody else, any other guests like should feel free to like come by and hang out. That's the whole point. It's like, so you could just spend time with people you love. True. And last, lastly, I'll say, don't run out of booze. If you're, if it's not like a yeah. clear situation, make sure you're, you know, make sure you're, you're doing okay on the supplies. That was, but. that was honestly the best thing about ours. It was like a, the cocktails were a flowing. People were there not scared to order anything, which was. Good. You know what you could have used though, Sally, in that hour and a half before you got married? What? The Calm app. Oh yeah. Definitely a lot of emotions surface during the new year and holiday season and during weddings, especially like happiness, sadness, joy, excitement, and stress. The list goes on. Remember to take time for yourself and make sure you keep your mental wellness in check and Calm can help you do that. I'm a big fan of the, the Calm app myself. I use it for going to bed. I use it for meditating in the morning. It's a, I've been doing this thing where I have like a, 15 minute commute to work sally Mm -hmm. and it's like too short to do a podcast it's kind of too short to really get into like a couple different songs if i wanted to so i've been doing like these 10 minute pops of meditation on my way to work just getting focused for the day i like that and calm app is helping me do that um we're partnering with calm the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that, that improve the way you feel Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. It's kind of fun, too. It's like one of those stories that doesn't, there's so much detail that goes into it that that's kind of how you drift off is you you end up visualizing the story and there's no, like you're not racing to a plot point. It doesn't stress you out at all. Anyway, if you go to calm.com slash mail, that's M-A-I-L, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For listeners of the Mail-In Podcast, Calm is offering special limited time promotion offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash mail. Go to C-A-L-M dot com slash m-a-i-l for 40 percent off unlimited access to com's entire library that's com.com slash mail sally how about the next one perfect hey brett and sally i appreciate all the advice you both provide on the show my girlfriend and i are 24 years old and have been dating for almost two years here's the deal She's never been financially coherent, and that's beginning to become a red flag for me. For context, she's drowning in basically every normal finance area, like student loan debt, car payments, etc. This has caused her to be on a major low cash alert, all caps. Uh, she's now moving in with her coworkers and will be paying rent, which deepens my concern after she lived with her parents for two years after college and failed to save money doing so. I, on the other hand, have been gifted with parents that raised me to understand finances properly. I graduated college with zero student debt, worked over 15 different jobs since I was 14, and saved up a year's salary by living at home after college. I'm at the point where I'm ready to buy my first home, and the girl I love is unfortunately about to live paycheck to paycheck. I get that it can be shallow slash inconsiderate to view a woman's finances as a deal breaker, but I'm honestly not sure what to do here. 
Any advice would help tremendously. Thank you in advance. Sally. Okay. Financial literacy. First of all, congrats on buying a home at the age of 24. And 15 different jobs since you were 14. Uh, I'm just going to say something that I actually haven't brought up, but yeah. um, I am aware that certain people on certain websites have, were discussing Will and my finances, which Ooh. I think is a huge breach of privacy and honestly truly pissed me off. Um, I love that some of the fans want to get real involved in our lives, but I don't think that it's fair to judge someone based on what you think that their uh, life is via the internet. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this question. I just thought that that was a great segue into that because apparently people had a problem with the fact that we don't own a house. So uh, yes, of course. Uh, the fellow non-homeowner. Uh, <laughs> Truthfully, I, I'm not planning on buying a house in Austin anytime soon, but that's another comment for another day. Uh, okay, to this guy, congratulations. That's really awesome that you're going to buy a house um, and good job on being financially literate. I think a ton of people are probably in your girlfriend's boat because I agree. I think so much of being financially literate when you're younger, and I'm saying like under the age of 30, probably goes back to what you learned when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, most high schools, colleges don't really teach you how to manage your money. And a lot of that comes from like parental influence, watching other people go through it, et cetera. Do you agree with that? Totally. Totally. I think personal finance should be taught, uh, uh, should be mandatory. Exactly. It should be taxes. It should be investing. It should be 401ks. It should be um, strategies. Like I, I hate the word retirement because like, my investment account is a lake house account. It's not a retirement account. It's yeah. a lake house account that I, I hope to continue on into retirement at some certain point. But like, I also want to have a, uh, a job and, and build wealth through washed media that I don't have to worry about pinching pennies to invest. Anyway, but, but yes, criminally undertaught is personal finance and, and rules when it comes to spending. Yes. I think um, if I, I, I was brought up in a house that it was like, you will work, you're, getting a job is important, you know, being responsible with money is important. Um, but that being said, I was also incredibly shitty with money in my early 20s. Like, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is lessons that are hard lessons to learn, but necessary lessons to learn. So to this guy, that's really awesome that he's already at that stage of his life where he has a grasp on things like knows how to save money knows how he wants to invest his money i think he's ahead of the curve though I, maybe i'm wrong no i think i think he's on on he's so far on the side of the spectrum at in his early 20s at 24 that uh, like what have you missed out on at this but you're, you're almost too well off financially unless you, you know unless you're making 200 grand a year is like an accounting you know, whatever it may be, but to me, there's, there's a happy medium here. Right. That Oh, I'm not, exist. I don't want to shame him at all for like where he is. I think that that's no, great. That's very, very what I'm saying is his girlfriend, to me, this becomes a red flag when he's either having to pay for all of her shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the first time he's he's cutting a rent check. It's exactly. Like, like no. it's one thing for him to be paying for all of her dinners, which I I think it's 2022. Like everyone can split a check or like mm -hmm. pick up different tabs when you're in a relationship. But I also think like it's one thing to like cover stuff like that. And it's a totally other thing to be like lending her money because she can't pay her rent. At, at the same time, she probably needs to live in a situation where she's forced to pay rent, her car payment, et cetera, go into debt, all of those things. So she learns the lesson, the very hard lesson of like being good with money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a really, really important stage of adulthood when you realize like, okay, I'm getting big boy money now and no one is a safety net for me, including my parents. So now I have to 
pay for my shit. And like some people, myself included, when you were living with your parents or you were in college and you knew like, okay, I'm making money, but that was more like you're spending money. Like you weren't Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, I like budgeting. Yeah. If I could go back and like slap myself when I was 22, be like, hey, instead of spending money on this dumbest shit, put that money to savings so that you can put it towards grad school and you don't have to take out loans. Mm-hmm. But my ass didn't do that because I was an idiot. But that's a lesson I learned. And now I'm paying for it because I have way more student loans than I would like, would have liked to take out. But that that's part of growing up. Like that's part of learning how to be an adult. I think when it becomes a problem is when you're talking about marrying someone and their spending habits are just like so out of control. Because I think for her, like she's going to move out. She's really going to lack the ability to like rely on her parents. And that's going to be a great lesson. But if two years from now you're in the same boat and you own a house and she's living paycheck to paycheck and like being flippant about spending money and spending money on stupid stuff, to me, that's a bigger red flag. Cause you're like, Okay, if I'm going to marry this girl and our finance like ideologies are so opposite end of the spectrum, that is going to cause more problems than anything. Yeah. And I think uh, like an easy answer here would be to say, okay, she's in a different situation now. Maybe this is a potential for her to like either fall on her face and learn the hard way or get so, you know, caught up in being like, oh shit, I have rent now and I have utilities to split and and internet to split and also my car payment and all of a sudden i i can't buy whatever she's flippantly spending money on like 17 coors lights in a weekend you know like all of a sudden maybe maybe the hard lesson here gets is your get out of jail free card without having like a tough conversation the tough conversation being option two that i think we always advocate for on this podcast sitting her down and say hey let's talk about let's talk about money you know, yeah. which is never an easy conversation. To have. But such an important conversation to have with somebody that, I mean, I don't know, they're 24. He didn't even mention like wanting to marry her or anything, but I'm saying when you get to that point, yeah. when, I mean, that was like day one of Will and I's premarital counseling. It was like, how do you, how are y'all handling finances? Like mm-hmm. what, what's your philosophy on finances and being open and honest with each other? Um, I think, He's absolutely welcome to talk to her about it. Be like, hey, I think that, you know, you may want to start saving some. Like, if I can help you out in any way, let me know. Like, I would love to, like, give you advice or, like, we can stop doing, like, you know, date night and stuff so that you can, like, stay in and save and, like, buy groceries instead of, like, eating out every meal. But it's also not – I think it's okay for her at 24 to, like – not, to not be have totally a down financially literate yet. For? Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I to me, this doesn't cross the line into like annoyance slash deal breaker until he's like, if she's like real, real in debt to the point of like you're worried she's like her credit score is zero and like mm-hmm. you know her car is going to get repossessed and like that's when I'm worried. But if it's like, oh, she's literally like her, gets a paycheck. And all of it's going towards her bills. She's not saving anything. I would say most 20-something Americans probably live that way. Or at least the people that I was friends with were living that way when we were 24. Of course. Of course. I lived in New York City on an entry-level salary at 24. Yeah. Like, guess what? I I couldn't put anything down on a house if I tried. So. And I would love to go back and be like, wow, I... You know, I I wish I could look back at 24 and be like, wow, I was really responsible. And like, thank God I like saved myself all this time and money and heartbreak. But how else do you learn the lessons that you need to learn unless you are given the opportunity to fail? Correct. Sally, a, a, a men. I mean, you, you summed it up perfectly. Good how do you, how do you gain knowledge without, uh, without learning? Right. And to do that, sometimes you have to fail. Boom. So I don't know if I have any of it. Like I wouldn't chastise her and be like, Hey, you suck with money. Like that's just not the approach. If anything, make it a collaborative effort. Like let's, Hey, let's, I'm going to budget myself coming up new year, 2022. Do you want help budgeting? Let's, let, let, let's, 
do this together. Maybe we, maybe we save up for something um, in a, in a joint effort, say, Hey, let's go to Cancun in July. You want to help you want to like, how do we get there type of thing? I don't know. Maybe. And then maybe that sparks a larger conversation on finances. I think too, when Will and I first met and like, just using this as an example, like, you know, we were both on, I mean, I was like a nurse and Will was like at, you know, his new job in a way more expensive city being Austin. And at one point he, like when we were dating, he was like, when we were pretty early on he was like, I don't think that like we should continue kind of doing the things that we do all the time. Like maybe we should like buy some groceries and like stop going out. And I think if, if that's how this guy feels about his girlfriend, like that she's just spending really frivolously, I think it's okay to be like, Hey, let's like put some parameters around what you're spending shit on. Like, or like we are spending stuff on, like maybe we don't need to like go to every single out of town bachelor bachelorette party, or maybe we don't need to eat out four times a week, or maybe we don't need to like go to, you know, the Barry's classes every time and we could like work out from home or go for a run. So, you know, trying to pass on some of that to her, but it's also like, to me, not his responsibility yet to like make her be savvy with money. Yeah. I, 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 you're not married. You're not engaged. You're not living together. So uh, at a certain point, you know, it doesn't all fall on you to do that. And you have to kind of trip and fall before you're, you're aware of what tripping looks like, you know, like that, that's kind of where I stand on this. But I mean, if this is like that big of a stressor and deal breaker to him, then he should tell her. And if he feels like that is a reason to not be with somebody, then don't be with them. Personally, I think in my twenties, I don't know that it would have bothered me that much. Yeah. I, Hey, I carry a credit card balance. It, it happens. And sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. So Mm-hmm. Let's do the next one, Sal. Okay. Hey, Brett and Sally. Uh, writing in with a question. Is it better to ask somebody out via Instagram DM or through a mutual friend? There's this girl I've seen around at my friend's parties and events. She's super hot, and I want to ask her out for drinks. We haven't really talked, but I follow her on Instagram and I have a few friends who are closer with her than I am. What's the move here? Thought about sending a DM so I could control the message and not wait on anyone else, but also wonder if she'd feel more comfortable or be more into it if I went through a mutual friend. Let me know. Modern dating, Sally. I can't knock sliding into someone's DMs because two of us here... (laughs) Met our significant totally. others that way, <laughs> yeah. right? Sort of. Hinged. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, well, Will and I, and Dylan and Bay, all yeah. all DMs. Um, I, but I do think that if you have mutual friends, it's almost better to just be like, ask your friend, like, "Hey, can you ask her if I can have her number so that I can ask her out or Ooh. give me your number?" I think that's creepy. You do. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would say, hey, can we get like, let's get in a group situation. Like, let's do, let's hit Rainy Street. No, I like, I like it when someone's more direct. Like, I would rather someone just text me and be like, hey, I'm Thomas's friend. I asked for your number. I would love to take you out sometime. Oh, okay. Interesting. And you wouldn't be creeped out if that went back on you like that. No. So I've, when I was single, I had several friends be like, hey, like, I have this friend. I'd love to give him your number. Hope that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, yes, that's fine. Or like, no, they wouldn't ask me beforehand. And then that friend would message me and be like, or text me and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so's friend. Would love to take you out for a drink. You know? Gotcha. Okay. I think in my opinion, I am more, I personally am more responsive when people are very direct and like, not aggressive, but like uh, when they are. Here are my intentions. Yes. Up like front. laid out. Uh, I think the only issue with DMs is like 
could you possibly get lost in her DM? You know? Mm, sure. I, I don't know you how many the, followers uh, the she's all got. requests section where you you open a DM up from like two and a half weeks ago. But I also think if if like if it really is like you'll have a lot of mutual friends and you like have liked each other's pictures on Instagram, you know, like posts or like, you know, any sort of you've already had interaction. I think that that's an easy way to be like, hey, would you want to get a drink sometime? You know, like that's how Will and yeah. I started. We were already like interacting on Twitter before we like moved forward. So that's another route. I'm just saying the only reason I'm saying not for a DM is because what if she, you know, what if you get lost in the DMs? Mm -hmm. Like, is she super popular? Like, are you going to just be like another dude who's asking her out in her DMs? Or like, if y'all are already interacting and like, then I think that that's fine. But I, sure. I think the best shot at it is going through a mutual friend. Okay. I'm more open to it now that you've sort of talked through it. The mutual friend thing. At first I was like, oh, DM a hundred percent or just wait until right. another group opportunity and you're in person. But the mutual friend thing I get like, Hey, I'm into, I'm into Stacy. Can I get her number? Like, or can you like, I, I, I remember always being the, uh, like, Hey, can you put in a good word? Like in college? No, see, I, I don't that. like that. I want I, you. Ah, I used to do that all the time and I hate myself for it. Now. Yeah. No, you need it directness is what I'm looking for. So that's like the common denominator here. If you're either ask her out on her DM and be like, Hey, like it, you know, if you need to make an introduction, like Sarah, like, and I are friends, uh, she says, you're really awesome. Would love to ask you out. Same thing on a text, but you don't need to go through Sarah and be like, Hey Sarah, will you ask her if like she wants to go out? Just yeah. be the one to ask her. You need to be the one. Totally to ask agree. Her. I don't um, think either one is right or wrong though. I just think that you have to be the one to ask, agreed. not your friend. Um, there shouts to Sophie Julia, who I, I knew through Barstool. She, her, she is adamant that the best way to ask somebody out or to slide is to respond to an Instagram story. I agree with that. So if she puts something up like, uh, you know, using Austin as, as an example, say she's out um, at Bungalow on Rainy and you're like, oh my God, love that place. Can I can I take you there sometime in a response via story? I I totally agree with that. That's that's my point of like don't get lost in the DMs. Don't just randomly DM her. Yes. And then yes. there's no like using, connection. <laughs> yeah. Using and, the DMs as like a function of not having your number, right? Versus the function of Instagram, right? Okay. I think we landed the plane there. Yeah, we did. It, it was circled for a little bit, but we're there. <laughs> it's circled for a little bit. Um, you know what you could do on your your first date though. What? Make a freshly meal, Sally. Wow. Um, food that's fast doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work. Their meals are designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, then delivered fresh. Hence the name Freshly. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly is ready to eat in three minutes. No one wants to spend an hour cooking dinner after a rough day at work or an infuriating commute or maybe a shitty date. I don't know. At the end of a long day, takeout doesn't have to be your only option for an easy dinner. Whether it's for you or your whole family, Freshly gives you convenience, flavor, nutrition, and and just a, an all-around great meal. I, I'm literally, I have chicken parm primed and ready to go. The protein-packed chicken parm that I'm psyched for. I Not made to the, the uh, buffalo chicken. Cauliflower bolognese at work the other day. Come on. It was tight. Well, these are actually great for work lunches for me because Ooh, okay. I can't eat the, at the hospital, but sometimes the hospital food, not the healthiest. Hospital food, and yeah. so it like I brought it, microwaved it, had a great meal. Everyone else was like eating their really sad, like <laughs> whatever from the cafeteria. And I was like, yeah, this is freshly. It was you delightful. know what I did? I don't even know if this is allowed, Sally. I had, had a... Uh, a chicken, a cauliflower rice chicken fajita bowl via Freshly, and I put it on a little tortilla, and I wrapped her up and smoked it. Wow. I so highly that's... suggest making it and then replating it because it really feels like you did a lot of work even though you didn't. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You got to replate it. Yeah. Chef suggested. Exactly. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of what they're working with. They got the uh, 
The chicken parm on deck for tonight. I have the zesty buffalo chicken probably for lunch tomorrow because one thing about the uh, the COVID situation here, your boy still has taste buds. So nice. nice. I got the new the new variant, I guess. Anyway, use the Freshly website or app to find meals that fit your lifestyle with plans for that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Choose from over 50 nutritionist design entrees like their classic steak peppercorn, multi-serve sides like their masterful mac and cheese, or their new line of plant-based meals. It's also affordable and convenient. Skip the grocery shopping and dirty dishes. Your meals arrive cooked fresh every week. New meals are added weekly, so you're never stuck eating the same thing over and over. So here's the deal, Sally. Stop stressing about dinner. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash mail. That's $40 off at Freshly.com slash M-A-I-L. Sally, you ready for the next one? Yes. Hey, Brett and Sally have a question on wedding plus one etiquette for context. I'm a single guy in my mid-20s. Anyways... One of my friends is getting married early this spring, and I was given a plus one, along with everyone else in our close friend group. The bride has encouraged us all to bring dates. My question is, should I bring a date? I asked somebody I've been out with a few times where there could be uh, something there, a friend who I know I'll have fun with, or do I ride solo? If I remember correctly, Sally, I think you and Will went to a wedding together early on. Additional context, the wedding is local, open bar, and should be pretty fun. Also, if I do bring a date, how far in advance do I let them know? Thanks in advance and love the pot. I love this question. Um, okay. Have you ever brought like a random as a plus one? No, I haven't, but I've always wanted to. I did and it went poorly. Oh, no. Okay. So, um, I mean, he wasn't a random. I knew him. Situationship. And um, I knew him from college. He actually like knew the couple that the wedding was for. Okay. I invited him to the wedding. He came to Houston. We had like a little like weekend, basically like date. Um, so on paper, this is all all good though. And then execution wise. And then Uh-oh. he did Molly at the wedding and got incredibly fucked up, and mm-hmm. it was a total embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, at like a really nice Houston country club, and the people who are getting married like are very straight laced, and he fucking did Molly in the bathroom. I have like secondhand anxiety. Yeah, it was not great. It was it was. Oh my god! Pretty upsetting, to be honest with you. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. that being said, at the time that Friday night, I was like, "This is a great idea." Like we're going to start dating because like we have this like a little like fun romantic weekend. We're going to a wedding. It's where it'd be fun. No. You're in the presence of true love, Sally. No, it was a <laughs> fucking failure. Uh, oh no. So apologies to the people. I'm not going to name their names that I brought this dude to your wedding. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, I do think this is fun though. I think if I think either you go solo or you bring someone you've gone on a couple dates with. But bringing somebody, unfortunately, that you like have had like a little bit of flirtation with, but like haven't taken out on dates and you don't realize that they're going to do Molly at the wedding is like not <laughs> the move. <laughs> okay. So the, the platonic friend, so to speak, is out here in your mind. Uh, a platonic friend is fine. Like I have also taken a platonic friend to a wedding. Uh, that like an out of town wedding um that was fine you know but okay. i think for me i'm like that that's like a lot of explaining to people and then like if you're there to like meet people you've got a date who's your friend i don't know i know people do it all the time so yeah in my opinion i think there has to be some sort of like sexual tension built up between anybody you bring to a wedding because it's like all of us, you're building in a lot of time together at correct uh, a, a resort or a hotel, like same room situation, and like there's a lot that goes into a wedding weekend, right? And if you have any sort of tension already with a person, it's just going to be um, amplified, 
right. I guess, at a wedding weekend. And you so want someone why... that you can like be flirty with and like dance with. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe perfect, hook up with after the wedding. If you have a the benefit situation, it's a perfect, perfect time. But if you, if you bring a platonic friend, they're just like there. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I also am very of the, you know me, I don't believe that men and women can be just platonic friends without having some sort of someone likes the other sexual tension situation. Yeah, got it. We we hate each other, Sally. Thank so you. I okay, but you and I are never going to a wedding together. So it's true. I'm saying people who are both single, I I just think like that's to me that doesn't exist. And people can argue all the time with me about it. I don't give a shit. I think you're wrong. But yeah. I think I agree with you. I think it's more fun to have someone that you've got a little sexual tension with. It can be a fun, like, elevated date. If you've already been on some dates, then you bring them to a wedding. Like, maybe maybe you have someone that you're trying to, like, take it to the next level with. A wedding's Ooh. a great, great place to do that. This person is right. Will and I did go to a wedding that I was in early on. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I went with him to a wedding that he was in. But at that point we were like basically already dating. So it didn't, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a good test too, in a way where say it's one of your friends and you bring somebody that you're like talking to close to, to wanting to make a commitment with and, and they get to meet your friends. You can kind of see them in action around a different group of people or like dressed up and do that. How seriously do they take it? And do they like crab cakes as much as you do? Like it's a good opportunity for a lot of different things from from a, a flirtation standpoint. Yeah. Uh, this person also asked, if I do bring a, a date, how far in advance do I let them know mm -hmm. uh, when you RSVP? Because you need to yeah. tell them that you're having a date, the bride, and you then you would tell the person that you're going to ask. But I don't think you need to like plan it so far out, you know? Yeah. And, unless it's a platonic friend, then you can be like, hey, do you want to go to this wedding with me in September? But like, you know, if you're not sure, I kind of love this because I think that non-significant plus ones are very rare these days. Yeah, I don't know how you definitely. feel. I think a, a lot of my friends who got married, very few of them extended plus ones to people who weren't in relationships. I think that's like mm -hmm. kind of a money saving thing. It's like, I'm not going to pay for another person to be there. That's not like somebody I'm friends with. Totally. So I think that this is becoming less and less common. Whereas like, I think it used to be way more common. Like if you were in the wedding party, at least you would get you a plus get one. one automatically. Yeah. You know? Um, and then people would be like, Oh, I'll just like ask someone fun. I think that that's a lot less common now. So I kind of love this move. I think that that's like, if it's local, like you're going to get dressed up, like dance open bar, that could be a pretty fun date. Yeah, make plus ones great again is what I say. Exactly. But um, also, or, like, I get it if you don't want to, like, give all your friends a plus one because you're yeah. trying to save money. Yeah, and I, I've been, like, astro like my, my buddy Christian's wedding two years ago. He's like, hey, do you want to bring a plus one? Like, you're, you have the option. And I said, I no, like, you know, I'm not in a relationship at the time. And um, so I just went solo and had a blast, too. Because when you go solo, they're, like, maybe this is antiquated of me, but there's always a potential to meet somebody and like, it's a new group of people and like the bridesmaid catches your eye and, and it's all rom-com and, and you know, you know, you have fun for a weekend type of thing. So either option, you're going to have fun, bring somebody fun, bring somebody that's not going to create any drama if you do and maybe get, you know, get on with your sexual tension. If you, if there's something there, I think that you're, you're good all around. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next one, Sal? Yes, let's do it. Hey, guys. The Sig of and I are closing on our first home next month. Is it lame of us to introduce ourselves to the neighbors and bring some cookies or something? My parents always did this growing up, but I'm not sure if this isn't a thing people actually do. Thanks. This is the, the classic, like, I see this in the movies and TV shows all the time, but does it actually happen in real life? I love this move. I think that you should yeah. absolutely do it. I mean, don't you agree? Of course. Of course. I, I think it's, like, it's different. I, I, I love this move for homeowners 
Yeah. When you're living it's in a house. In an apartment for some reason. But I for some reason it's weirder to me in an apartment. I totally agree. It's like it's like that whole thing of like New Yorkers, it's like very normal for New Yorkers to like not know their neighbors, but I think that that's pretty mm-hmm. uh, like common everywhere now. Like I don't know my apartment complex neighbors. No, me neither. Me or, neither. Like, and like the, condo, the only whatever. reason I do, I even know them is like walking in together at some point or two of the people I like knocked on their door before I had my Halloween party uh-huh. and was like, Hey, if there's, if you guys want, like, if there's any too much noise or whatever, let me know. And I'm happy to control that a little bit. Yeah. And one of them didn't answer. And the other one was like an old man. So, yeah, we like, I know who our neighbors are cause we like pass each other. Yeah. Uh, but not well, you know, um, I think this matters more in a home though, because like, Say you're ever traveling or, you know, and you need someone to go like check on your house or like, you know, somebody stole a package off of your porch and you can like ask a neighbor like, hey, did you see anything? Like, I just Mm -hmm. think for some reason this exists for me more like in a neighborhood than it does like an apartment complex. I'm not sure why. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really easy to be anonymous in in an apartment complex. (laughs) Yeah. Even though you're closer together, you're absolutely right. Like. Because then when your neighbors and you know, homeowners, you have like yard work that you run into each other or right. you're having a glass of wine on your deck and you can see them and kind of wave. And yeah. like I knew, shoot, I knew every neighbor like nine houses down growing up like yeah. on each side from our house. And I, I haven't met a neighbor in, a, in an apartment ever. So And like, you know, if you have kids one day, like I, I think there's this is a great idea. No one's going to be like, what fucking weirdos brought us cookies. They're probably gonna be like, Oh my yeah. God, that's so nice. Like, yeah. I can't believe people are still so old fashioned. I love it. I think this is a great way to do like to do that. It's like bring some cookies, introduce yourself, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I think it'll be really appreciated and it, it's, it's so only going to help you. No one's going to be like a jerk to you. <laughs> You know? No, you know what though? Like nowadays, Sally, what if somebody like answers the door with a mask on and is like, what are you doing here? Like, ah, COVID. Um, is that, is that a thing now? Like, yeah, but if you're standing outside. I agree with you, but I'm just like, I, what if, what if neighbors are, are not even neighborly anymore? I don't know. That would be really sad. Do you bring wine or do you do, is that too presumptuous? Uh, I think like cookies is easy. Okay. Okay. No one's going to turn down a cookie. Was <laughs> you would turn out a cookie? Yeah. Uh, Sally, before we get out of here, do you have any shower thoughts? No, I've just been thinking about my damn scratchy throat all day. So I now I'm like, do I need to go test again? Not really. I'm not going to do that. But okay. I I just I need uh maybe I need to go like gargle some salt water or something. Don't they say that helps? Um, I've heard that helps. Caroline is doing throat coat tea. Mm-hmm. Throat Which, coat tea or like the spray. Yes. the. Uh, I may the just spray. have a, a toddy tonight. That always fixes Ooh. my sore throat. I might whip up uh, a toddy myself. Yeah. Uh, the last time, pre, pre-pandemic, so this was 2019, November. I guess I could have had COVID because that's when it started, but mm-hmm. wasn't in the United States yet, I don't think. I was very ill on Thanksgiving at in harbor springs i think i remember this for some reason i was like i don't think i had the flu but i could have i like had some really shitty virus like just all the symptoms and will was like going out to see friends i was like i just feel like shit so i just kept making myself toddies i went through like a whole fifth of maker's mark in like two days just making toddies because i don't think that i like really did the recipe right and they were incredibly strong and we'll walked in <laughs> from like being out with friends and he was like it smells like a you bathed yourself in booze <laughs> i was like i can't smell anything so i have no idea but oh i was sleeping God. phenomenally okay so <laughs> i probably because i was hammered so yeah that sounds about like hammered with like ni- nice warm stomach and oh yeah i may make one tonight i'm, I'm probably going to because we have some lemons and honey so a little cinnamon oh. stick I, lo- I love it. I, that's to me my favorite after ski beverage once I'm in the lodge. Beer's one thing, but once I'm in the lodge next to a fire uh-huh. and I'm cold, you rip a little hot toddy and you're not only gets you hammered, but it's just like so it's settling so and satisfying. Soothing. 
Okay, yeah. toddy season for us. It is toddy season. I will be making a toddy as well. Um, my shower thought is just like, like quarantine life. I'm, 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 I don't know how it took me this long to get it. Um, once I was triple, you know, one, ah, shoot, once I was vaccinated, it, you kind of let the, the rains go a little bit and you're out on West 6th and rainy and not deliberately trying to get COVID, but obviously sitting outside in Woodrow's and having a couple beers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm thankful that I'm boosted and now I have it and we'll get it over with. So that's yeah. my shower thought. Hasn't been bad. Good. Not COVID wood, stays but. mild. Yes. To it, COVID staying mild um, and to defeating the invisible enemy, Sally. Right. Cool. That'll do it for the mail-in. All right. Where can the people find you, Sally? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brad Merriman at Schmerriman on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us with a subscription on iTunes. Rate five stars. Tell a friend about the podcast. Hit the hotline. We'll bring some voicemail. I got a lot of voicemails next week. Send your toddy pics and I'll repost them. From the mail send us toddy pics. Also send us uh, Valentine's stuff. Valentine's Day questions. We're answering. Maybe I can get the girls on. I I keep trying. Everyone's really busy. So we may have to come <laughs> okay. like record on a weekend, to be honest. Let's, if we can, we'll have the girls on next week to do some Valentine's Day things. I'll be the, I guess, the steerer of the ship at that point. I'm not promising anything. I got to get them their schedules all. You guys, it's like Housewives of Austin. It's it's just you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hit us on at Twitter at Mail In Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.